Well, you might have seen uh, that a couple weeks ago uh, in, the, in the prayer request list that pray for uh, me as I was going to be going to Menohaven uh, and got to enjoy spending some time up there with the junior high camp, um, getting to talk to the t- kids as their camp pastor for the week. Uh, and I just really I had, a, had a great time, so thank you for praying for me in that, that week. Uh, and I wanted to, to bring in a few of the things that, that I was sharing with the, the junior high kids there. So if, if you feel like a junior high, this, a junior high student this morning, there might be a reason. <laughs> so I'll try to, to, to speak more in a, a different way, but uh, if, if I have you do a sword drill, that's, that's why. <laughs> So, um, this, this morning, I just wanted to, to go through this even if. And so this was the, the theme of the camp, even if. And so they were looking at, and I was presenting to the kids, even if. And so we were looking at all these things that even if something happens, even if, even if all these other circumstances, we still trust that God is good. We still trust that God is true. We still trust that, that our God is the true one and only God that loves us. And so looking at even if, and so it's not, it's not the statement of, well, maybe if this happens. No, but even if whatever happens, we trust in Jesus. Even if all the bad things happen, we are still, we know that God is good. And all the time, that's right. And so even if the worst things happen, we know that we can trust the Lord. And, and so uh, a few weeks ago, uh, right before going off to Menohaven, I, I preached a sermon from Matthew 26 looking at um, what was happening with, with the disciples when Jesus was arrested and mostly focusing on Peter, what, what he was doing and how he was really doubting. And he really uh, then just, not just doubted, but he then denied Jesus. And so we looked at this, what was happening there with doubt. So it, because Jesus had said, even if, even if you want to save your life, you're still going to be, you, you can't do it on your own. Even if you're going to try as best as you can, it's not going to work. You need to trust me. And so Peter, he doubted Jesus when, these, when the people were asking him, do you, do you, are you with Jesus? And he kept doubting and doubting and making it worse and, and denying Jesus. And so we had talked about, even if I doubt, we know that God is still true. And doubting comes when things don't add up to us, and doubting reveals a lack of faith in our lives, and that doubting also leads to sin when we don't turn to God. So I encourage you all, if you have doubts, bring them to God. Bring them to other people in your life that you can help. There's nothing wrong with doubt, but what's wrong with doubt is when we don't bring it to God. So let's, let's, when we have doubts, let's go to God. Today we're going to be looking at, in Isaiah 55, we're going to be looking at, even if I have nothing. And so we're going to be looking at what is in this scripture. So I encourage you to open your Bibles um, to Isaiah 55. And as you do that, I'm going to have you see if you can even fill in the blanks of the, of the first ones. Uh, so our main idea today is, even if I have nothing, God provides for my needs. So even if I have nothing, God provides for my needs. And we're going to see that 
throughout this chapter of Isaiah 55. It's 13 verses, so we're going to go through that today. But Isaiah 55, starting in verse 1, we're going to be looking at. So even if I have nothing, God provides for my needs. And we're going to see that. And I'm sure many of us have seen that God providing for our needs in times when we are in despair, in times when we feel like we have nothing, in times that we maybe do have nothing. All right, so let's read this from Isaiah 55. And we're going to look at the first few verses here. It says, Come, all, you, all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come and eat, buy and eat, come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And why, or I'm sorry, and your labor on what is, does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and the and commander of the peoples. So let's, let's stop there. So looking at these verses here, we see right at the beginning, we can see this invitation, this invitation of coming. This invitation where God is saying, if you have nothing, if you are on empty, if you actually have nothing to eat or nothing to drink, God is saying, come to me. Come I will give you what you need. And we can see this, that, that God is our great provider. Now, he doesn't say here, come and I'm going to give you Gatorade and champagne. And I don't know. He's not, he's not saying what he's, he's saying, come and, and you'll be satisfied in what I'm going to give you to drink. He's not, he's not saying, come and I'm going to give you the best food in this world. No, he's just saying, come and I'm going to give you the food and the drink that is going to satisfy you. So thinking about what, the, what happened with the woman at the well in, in, in John chapter 4, you know, she was so confused about what this living water was. She was saying, well, I, you know, I, I want this water. I don't want to have to draw water. But Jesus was offering living water, this water that will quench her thirst. And I think that's what we can see here is that this water isn't just, this, this hunger and thirst isn't just physical that God is saying come to me all of us all anybody that needs something to eat or drink physically yes he's our provider but more than just physically spiritually emotionally mentally come to God and let him satisfy it it says here come and Eat and drink freely, without money, without cost. Come, come, and be satisfied. Do you know that God wants us to be satisfied? Do you guys believe that God wants us to be satisfied? Yeah. Now, satisfaction to us and satisfaction to God might seem a little different. Do you know that? Sometimes what we think satisfies us 
is not really what's going to satisfy us. Sometimes what we think satisfies us is, going to, is, is all we put our effort into, trying to get to the next best thing, because that's what we think will satisfy us. And so we try to get to those things and, and save money or, or however it is, we're trying to get to whatever that object is, uh, the, that thing that will satisfy us. But God's satisfaction and our satisfaction, He, he knows us. He made us, right? And so He knows that our satisfaction, He knows what, our, what we need to be satisfied and not just what we think will satisfy us. I, I know when I lived in, in the country of Nicaragua, there was poverty all around us. There were people living in these, these like shacks that were like smaller than this stage right here. They, they were living in these shacks and some were just made out of cardboard and if they could find enough money or they found some tin laying around, they would get some tin and put it in different places. And if they got enough tin, then they might have a tin roof. And these people that had these shacks that you would never want to even spend one night in, a lot of these people that I saw were so satisfied because of Jesus. They, like, to them, they were just, I mean, they had a dirt floor, they had like tarantulas coming in, snakes, but they had Jesus, and so they were satisfied. If all you have is Jesus, are you satisfied? If you're stripped of everything else, I know, that's hard to think about. That's hard to imagine. What if I had no place to live? What if I had no food? What if I had nothing to drink? Would I come to Jesus to satisfy all of my physical needs? Do we come to Jesus to satisfy all of our emotional needs and our spiritual needs? All the needs. He's saying, I want to give you satisfaction. And not just satisfaction. It says here in verse 3, it says, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the riches of fair. I'm sorry, in verse 3 it says, give ear and come to me and listen and that you may live. That you may live. God is not just wanting us to be satisfied. He is wanting us to enjoy life. And not just live as opposed to die. He wants us to live abundantly. Like these people in Nicaragua I saw that had these shacks, these little houses made out of nothing. They were living, they were, when I saw them coming to church, they had so much joy and they had so much praise. You would never, I mean, the way they looked, you could probably tell they didn't have much, but you could never tell by their smiles on their face and the joy they had in their heart that they had what we would say is nothing. So do we have that joy do we have that satisfaction? Are we clinging to Jesus with everything for all of our needs? Are we going to God to give us life? Not just to be satisfied, but to give us living water, life that is abundant. And then he talks about in verse 4 here about this, this covenant of the people the covenant between God and his people. And we're going to see that 
a little bit more. Oh, sorry, our <laughs> point one today is God provides for our needs. So that was all through, all through what I was trying to say there is God is the provider of our needs. God provides for our needs. And so we can see that, and He's giving us water, food, giving us satisfaction, giving us life. He is the provider. He's our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And so He gives us what we need, not just what we think we need. All right, so let's continue in verse 5 here. In verse 5 it says, Surely you will summon nations you do not know. And the nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For He has endowed you with splendor. Verse 6 says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Seek the Lord Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, he will freely pardon. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher or my thoughts than your thoughts. So here we can see that God God is the provider, and God is is telling his people several things here. Am I doing that? Okay. <laughs> God is, is telling His people <laughs> that, first of all, that they are endowed with His splendor. Think about God's splendor. What does that mean? Well, when you think of something, not just like splendor, like the, the, the drink that you put in your, or the sugar that you put in, not like splendor like that. That's like a little cheap imitation. But what is splendor? What does that mean? The splendor of the Lord that God is putting on His people. Usually when you think about splendor, you're thinking about like royalty and like, this, like majesty and beautiful, right? God is endowing His splendor. And then it's talking about how we should seek after the Lord. Seek after the Lord. We, we, we learned about this in VBS a few weeks ago. Seeking after the Lord with all our hearts and knowing that He is near. And then looking at how the, the wicked are forsaking. They are forsaking the unrighteous. They are, for, they are forsaking their, the ways and the unrighteous. Um, but let God have mercy on them. So even people that don't know Jesus, we want our God to have mercy on them that they would come to know Him. Just like our God has had mercy on each of us that have come to Him. Right? We, we are thankful that God has mercy on each of us and we need His grace and mercy. Not just 
one time when we asked Jesus to come in our heart a long time ago or whenever that was, we need His mercy. We need His grace every day. And if we think that was just a one-time event, a one-time thing of salvation only, we're missing the idea of, we're missing the understanding of what grace is. Because we need the grace of our Lord. We need Him. We need His righteousness in our life. And not just, not just for the people that don't know God, but we do pray for people that don't know God. So our second point today is that God's provision is the best. God's provision is the best. Not just it's a little better. I mean, look at these verses. That, that God's thoughts and His ways are different. I mean, that's, that's all we can like really understand. It's different it's, than our thoughts and our ways. It, he, God's saying, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. You know, there, that, that just seems like it, it should be a big difference here. And you know, if God's thoughts are like this, you know, if you're doing like a, a thousand piece puzzle and, and you look at this one puzzle piece and you're like, man, I wish I could figure out what this, what the, what's in this picture. I, I just wish I knew. Oh, oh, if you find another piece that kind of connects with it, you're like, hey, look, it, it looks like a little barn. With a, maybe that's a horse in front of it. And, and that's just like a piece of the, just like two pieces of the puzzle. But God is seeing, even though it's jumbled up and everything, God sees the thousand-piece puzzle done. He knows the whole picture. His ways and his thoughts are not just a little better than ours. He knows everything. And his ways are way better. So think about it like a little tiny piece of a, you're seeing a little piece of a barn or maybe a horse in front of it or something. Well, no, the, the whole picture, the barn and the horse are just a little piece of that. But the whole story is this grand grand scene this this beautiful scenery and and we're just seeing a piece of it and so sometimes you're like i wonder i wonder if why i only just see this this gray part of my life this this dark part well maybe that's just a piece that's like the the gray sky on this one side of, of the puzzle i don't know but god sees the whole thing and his ways are best and he provides what we need and his provision is best because he knows what's best. And he knows what we need. My, my six-year-old daughter was, was trying to come up with a, a song because she loves seeing that we, we sing songs. And, she's, and so recently she was, she was just kind of putting some words to a little melody. And she, was, she kept getting this, this phrase in, her, in there that said that uh, our, what is it, our treats... It's something about like treats and sorry, I should have asked her about it. I should have asked Lucy earlier. Um, but God's ways are better. Even if we want treats, yeah, that's what it was. Even if you want treats, God is always better. Even if we want treats, God is always better. And so she's looking at these, she's thinking about this way of, of like treats are really good. Like, and I think she's thinking about like desserts, like some of the desserts we have at you know, like the funeral yesterday or different places, we, all these places where we have all these great desserts. Even if we want those treats, even if we want the best things that will taste the best, 
God is always better. His ways are always better. His provision is always better. So first we see that first we see that, that God provides for our needs, and now we see that God's provision is the best. And I know saying the best doesn't always mean the best, but I'm in this case it is. It's the best. All right, well, let's keep looking at in the Scripture here. In verse, in verse 10 of Isaiah 55, it says, so this is right after talking about how God's ways are better and God's thoughts are better. Then it says, As the rain and the snow come from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed from the sower and bread for the, for the eater. Now just picture this. This is, this is thinking about this, this rain and snow. I know if it's too much rain or too much, well, snow doesn't help the crops because that's a different season. But if it's too much rain, we see what happens. But just thinking about how the, the rain and how the earth is, flourishes and buds and, and brings forth life when it has that provision for the earth okay so think that's the picture here that isaiah is writing about and and so in verse 11 it says so my word so that's god's word so what god says so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty think about this when when God said, let there be light, what happened? There was light. And when God said, all, through all creation, He said, let there be, and it just happened. God's Word is powerful. When God just speaks words, it happens. There's no like, oh, well, maybe it won't happen. No, it happens. So this is this, is this picture here. When God speaks it doesn't just come back to him empty. It does whatever he's asking. Whatever he wants happens. And it says here in the middle of verse 11, so when it says it won't return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve for the purpose which I sent it. So when God says something, it's going to happen. Verse 12 says, this picture. So you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will burst forth into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. We know that song. And instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of the briar, the myrtle will grow. And this will be the Lord's renown from everlasting sign that will endure forever. So all of creation is, is celebrating. All of creation has joy, not just people. That's sometimes, that seems like almost like Lord of the Rings or like Narnia or something that's like kind of made up. But it's in the Bible. All of creation is celebrating and worshiping the God who said, let there be light. Let this happen. Let this happen. Whatever happens, these, this creation says, Yes, we're doing it. We're clapping. We're excited. We're celebrating. And that's our point today. Third point is that God's provision 
result in celebration. It results in celebration. When God gives, when he says things are going to happen, when he wants something to happen, and he provides, it happens, and we, our result is we celebrate. And creation celebrates. So do we celebrate the goodness of God? Do we celebrate when God provides? He wants us to. He wants us to celebrate. Look, all of creation is celebrating. Good things are happening. When something good happens, we celebrate, right? When good things happen in our life, we're not like, oh. No, we celebrate. We tell people. So let's do that with God. When good things happen, let's tell people. Look at what God did to me. Look what God, what I've been praying for. Look, Maria's mom, we, we thought she had terminal cancer. She doesn't. Praise God. The, the prayer of the, the righteous is powerful and effective. Let's celebrate when good things happen. Let's celebrate God's provision. I mean, all of creation celebrates. I, I love this song by Hillsong United that says, So will I. And I don't have all the lyrics in front of me, but I encourage you to look it up. So will I, because it's talking about how if creation worships, so will I. If Jesus came to live a life of love, so will I. If Jesus loves all eight billion people on this earth, so will I. We celebrate the goodness of God. We celebrate. So even if we have nothing, even if we think there's, we live in a shack or we live in the smallest thing or we have the worst things ever, even if we think that we have nothing, God provides for us. And we can know that His provision is the best and that we can celebrate His provision the way that He provides so that's our main idea is that even if i have nothing god provides for my needs even if we think we have nothing god is the provider god is giving us good things the best things and god is giving us the best things and we can celebrate that and not just celebrate by ourselves let's celebrate together as a community, let's say, God is good because of this. God is showing up because and I want you to know. It, it helps us when we know the goodness of God is in, in display in other people's lives too. When, when we see, wow, these good things are happening. When I thought I had nothing, God provided for me. When I thought it was hopeless, God came through. God wants us to seek him, doesn't he? Sometimes people hit rock bottom and that's okay because then they find God. They find that God loves them and that we know that God loves us. And if that's not something you know, that Jesus loves you, I would love to pray with you. I'd love to talk to you about it. So would a lot of other people. But 
God loves you so much that He came and died for you. And He lived a, a sinless life so that His righteousness can be our righteousness. If we choose to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, that means our master of our life, He's in charge, and our Savior, the one who took our place on a, as, a, as a crucified criminal where He didn't deserve to die. And that we can have life with Him forever because guess what? He's not dead. He rose from the third day and He is alive. He's alive forevermore and we can have life in Him someday in heaven, but also now because of the life that He gives us now. The eternal life is now. So even when we think we have nothing, let's turn to God to see how He provides for us. Well, let's close in prayer. Jesus, I thank you that you are the provider. I thank you, God, that you are good and that you give us what we need. Just whatever it is that we think we need that, that will satisfy us, God, I, I just pray that we would just would give that to you because maybe that's not what we actually need, but it's just what we want. And so, God, I pray that we would just offer to you whatever we are seeking after, and that we would seek you with all our hearts, Lord. And that we would experience joy in the way that you provide for us. And that even when we don't see the full piece of the puzzle, that we would trust in your ways and in your thoughts that you know better and we can trust you. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Join us in standing and let's stand.